Hi everyone, Harshni here, and welcome to our very first podcast from Sea of Exploration. The title for this podcast is Navigating Through Student Life, and this podcast is specifically drafted for the freshers to help them transition into uni life. Hi guys, Shreya Desaid, and welcome to our podcast. Being a fresher can be a little daunting for some people, especially if they're moving countries altogether. There are hundreds of obstacles to overcome, and hence, we are here to help. And for that very reason, we have two very special guests with us today, our beloved President Lauren and our Vice President Pooh. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Lauren. Um, I'm a third-year law student, and I come from Malaysia, but I grew up in Shanghai. Hi, everyone. My name is Pooh. I'm an incoming year two biomedical science student from Myanmar, but I was staying in Singapore before I moved to the UK. Okay, thank you for introducing yourself. So in this podcast, we're going to have a question and answer format, so it's easier for you all to follow. So without further ado, moving mm-hmm. on to our very first topic, and we're going to discuss about the entire journey our guests had while moving to the UK. So this question is specifically for Lauren because you started studying at King's offline first before the pandemic and then you switched to online learning. So I want to know that how was it for you the transitioning from offline to online learning? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of our freshers listening to this do have their semester online and then switching to offline. So how was it for you? I think having classes online definitely feels very different. So I am quite sad that freshers haven't been able, or last year's freshers haven't been able to experience it. But hopefully you all will be able to experience it soon. Having classes online made things much more convenient and much more accessible, that's for sure. However, it also made me feel more detached from not only the class and the materials itself, but also my classmates. So I really wasn't able to make that many new friends in my second year through classes. So I think that's one of the main um, differences when it comes to online and offline learning. It's that when I went offline, I became more detached to what I was learning and who I was studying with. Okay. And I wanted to ask who that you started your university online, right? So do you agree with Lauren's answer? And how did you tackle being, you know, away from university not being able to friends and everything how was it for you i think for me it gave me more time to prepare myself because most of the time i'm at home i got like more time to settle down i came to the uk one week before the term actually starts it allows me to settle down more before i actually go on campus but the struggle was that when i go to the campus the first questions that i asked my friend is like are you this person from this online class so it's a little bit weird. Instead of saying, mm. hi, my name is blah, blah, blah. It starts with like, oh, so you are her from this online class. So it was kind of weird. But yeah, it wasn't that much of a struggle when it comes to making new friends. I think because everyone was a little bit desperate to get new friends. So yeah, we we're quite open about like making friends, even though most of the classes that we had were online. But it was more challenging because some people refused to like turn on their camera and stuff. So it was kind of tough to like actually know who they are when they when we meet each other in person on campus yeah yeah i think in terms of that like um the difficulty that i brought up is more applicable to people in my year or like the year above me who had to have that transition because adapting was very difficult because we're so used to making friends through classes in-person classes for example 
that when we suddenly have to go transition online and make friends through online platforms, it's a bit difficult. Uh, and on top of that, like um, learning as well, I feel like being there in person gave me a lot of pressure. And I, I'm someone who works really well under pressure or like works under pressure and looks for pressure to work under. Sounds very <laughs> trouble searching of me, but that is me. But I like but the, the environment that I work in when I'm uh, studying offline makes me feel like I need to study harder or do more. But then when I'm back online, it just feels like everything is already there and available. So I don't really feel the same pressure as I did when they were offline. Yeah, I forgot to mention about the learning part. The, the biggest struggle about the learning offline online is that when I want to clarify a question, it really takes a while to get the answer back from the lecturers. Because if you know Keats, you can actually go to Q&A's FAQ section to ask your question. But again, you have to wait like one day. I mean, some professor reply fast, but some doesn't reply as quick. So then you have to wait. But whereas if it's an on-campus class, you can actually just go to them after the lecture. I think that, that is how it works, right, Lauren? Like, you can actually go to them after a lecture to, like, clarify a question. But you can't do that when the lectures are, like, recorded videos. I think that was the mm. biggest downside of being an online university student. So both of you are currently in London now. But we wanted to ask... What was your decision for coming to London? Like, Lauren, you were in your second year. Um, so did you yes. go back in your first year? And like, why did you decide to come back to London? Um, I actually decided to stay throughout my whole um, time at university. So I haven't been back in around two years. But that's more because I felt since I am in this new country, in this foreign country, and... Uh, you know, since I'm here, I might as well just experience the country and it's to its fullest. And uh, on top of that, it's just, I also was worried that if I left the country, I wouldn't be able to come back in. Maybe, like, maybe um, they would change COVID regulations suddenly. Like, maybe um, situations would worsen and then my country wouldn't be able to, like, they wouldn't allow people from my country back in. So that's one of my concerns. Um, but it just backed up the reason that I really wanted to be able to experience London fully and the UK fully. But that's that's one of the main reasons why I stayed. And just to, and just coming is just because um, for law students specifically, there's a lot of opportunities, um, especially mm. for those wanting to work in common law jurisdictions. So I think <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why I came to the UK as well. Right. So, Fu, you came like in your first year, right? And there yeah. were a lot of people who decided not to come. So what was your thought process? Yeah, well, like, for biomedical science students, I was afraid that I'll be missing out on the practical sessions because it's different from a law student. Most of our subjects come together with laboratory-based percentage for the examination. So 30% of your uh, exam it's based on your lab practicals so I was afraid that if it's online if I actually do like online learning from your home country or wherever I was I was in Singapore back then so I was afraid that I would be missing out on that part mm. so then I, I thought like it would be more practical for me to come to London to experience that practical sessions see what I did there um, so yeah that's why that was the main reason why I came to London and yeah same same reason as Lauren like, I wanted to experience London as a whole 
and it was September, so it was autumn and a few months before winter. So like, why not? Like I was in Singapore, so it was an urban country. So I wanted to experience a little bit of weather change, <laughs> all that stuff. So, yep, here I am. <laughs> Sounds good. So enough about traveling. Uh, when you guys traveled for the first time, what was it like when you first traveled? <laughs> like, you know, it's a different culture altogether in the UK, coming from your home country. So, were there any things in particular that you felt were very, very different from what was it back in your home country? What was the whole experience for the culture shock like? Um, I think culture shock-wise, because I studied in an international school, so I got to um, interact with people from many different cultures. So, on that, the more fundamental uh, sides, it wasn't really a big, that big of a culture shock. But it's more when I was walking out on the streets. I think one thing that um, uh, was a big culture shock for me was how open everyone was with like drinking and just like yelling around in pubs. Because uh, back both in I think both in Malaysia and in Shanghai, like if people are yelling around in pubs, like I want to say half naked and swinging shirts around while watching a football game, I think we'd all be kind of weirded out by that, or at least a bit a bit wary because we would think. Oh, no like what if they're too drunk or something like that but then here it's like completely normal and it's seen as a way to like have fun and really like live your live your life to the fullest so i think that's one thing and i i really had to get used to that as well because i every time i speak too loud even in in pubs i would think oh no am i interrupting other people's conversations and stuff but yeah that's i guess that's um, one culture shock that that um, i really had coming here mm-hmm. and cool what about you I think it's similar to Lauren. It's the way uh, people behave in different countries. What I'm trying to say is that, like, she was, uh, Lauren said that, like, when people were shouting loudly in public or when they are day drinking, she was quite shocked. I mean, the same thing happened to me in the sense that in Singapore, it's extremely safe. So I can actually go back home past 9 p.m. or 11 p.m. But when I came here, and like the first thing that my seniors told me is to not take the tube after 9 p.m. And my question was that why why not? Like it's just tube, you know. They are like CCTVs, and they are like, it's not safe. You have to take Uber. And then I cannot. Then people are also telling me not to walk alone on the street when it gets dark. Those things are like very new to me. I think it's because Singapore is just an extremely safe country. But where else? Like other parts of the world, this is like something normal. But it wasn't a normal thing to me, so getting used to that was quite scary, and it was it was something very new to me. But I think if I say this to my home students, like my home students, as in like the people who grew up here, I think they will be like, "Oh, that's pretty normal, pretty chill to them." But for me, it's like, why can't I take the tube after nine p.m. alone? Like, why can't I just walk back home after like certain times? So yeah, that was the biggest challenge. But as someone who was grown up in a foreign country. I don't think there was any other um, major culture shock when, when it comes to interacting with other friends or other people from different countries. Just the safety part was a bit challenging for me. Mm-hmm. And how did you guys adjust to the weather? Because everyone knows how much sunshine the UK gets. And, you know, a lot of people also like suffer from vitamin D defic- deficiency, especially when they are moving countries. Did you deal with that? No. I don't know. I just kind of live no. each day as it comes <laughs> along. <laughs> because, um, as I said back uh, earlier on, I grew up in Shanghai. So we had all four seasons. 
I, I understand that in Malaysia, for example, there's only one season, so it's a bit harder for. I think a lot of my Malaysian friends couldn't adapt to winter because it came like the cold was very cold for them. But then um, I didn't. I wasn't really too surprised by the cold because I experienced four seasons for a majority of my life. So in terms of, like the temperature, like change in temperature wise, it wasn't that bad. But the sunlight, I guess I just lived through every day and you really learn to like, um, I want to say cherish <laughs> the sunlight when it does come. So once you see the sun coming through the curtains, you better like get everything out, go out to the park, sit down, have a picnic because it's going to be mm-hmm. short lived. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lauren mentioned is Malaysia is just a one season country. It's the same for Singapore. It's just hot all the time. And then it will just rain out of nowhere for like one or two days. And then that's it. There's there's no other weather. So when I came here, it was September and it was a little bit cold. And I really like it. Although I didn't see the sun as much. I was so happy that like, there's no sun. Like, like it's cold all the time. And then the winter kicks in. And I was like, it's too cold. <laughs> and most of my classes were online. So I have to actually do them under my blanket. And it gets so comfy. And you have no idea how many times I fall asleep when I'm watching a video or during a... That was a struggle for me. And then this year when the summer came, it gets too hot for me. I, I'm not sure if my body like adjusted to the cold here. It was really hot and I was actually looking for an air conditioned shop or like a, a shop or a cafe or whatever or at least a tube station. And then I realized there is no air con. <laughs> I was so sweating. I was okay, so like where should I run into? Like, should I just jump to, like, a random station? But I know the tube stations here are even more stuffy. So then I was very shocked, yeah? So the weather, the weather was a huge struggle for me. And I have to actually start looking for, for girls who are listening to this. Your skin will struggle a bit. I had, like, a lot of, like, pimples when I came here. Yeah. And then I have to go to a local drugstore to get, like, the skincare stuff like that that suits the weather here and then it gets actually better so for girls who are coming from a temperate country like me then you might want to adjust your skincare routine when you when you come to london yeah and two points to add to that um for the first on the first point the other day i actually um experienced someone uh, like while i was walking out the weather was actually it smelled like tropical rain do you know what i mean when i say it smells like tropical rain like i went out and it smelled like tropical rain i was like malaysia this ain't right i think i think it's definitely because global warming has been uh, definitely worsening weather is gonna be really erratic so don't i wouldn't say really trust the weather app because the weather app sometimes doesn't even know what it is just FYI, Westfield does not have air conditioning. I learned that the hard way. And um, the Metropolitan Line is installing um, air conditioning. So I learned that the good way. I'm just saying if anyone wants to know. Okay, adding on to the cultural shock, how did you guys adapt to the dietary changes? Because I'm pretty sure the local food that you had back in your country would be definitely different in the UK. And did you miss your home food? And how was it like? And what are your favorite places to eat as well? Oh, yeah. I um, definitely miss my home food a lot. And then it's like, even if I go to Chinatown, it doesn't really feel the same. Because there are a lot of Malaysian and Chinese restaurants there. But, you know, it, they, they have to adjust it in some way to fit a different palate, and which is understandable. 
So my solution for that is just learn to cook yourself because it's so much cheaper as well, guys. We learned this the hard way as well. So much cheaper. <laughs> learn to learn to um, cook these foods for yourself and buy a rice cooker, or like learn how to cook good rice because honestly, it'll take you a long way. So what I did was I asked my mom to send me like recording of the recipes, and then I'll just like try to cook you here. So yeah, I mean I'm a pretty good cook i would say it um <laughs> yes and i actually do like cooking i i since before i come to the uk i'll just watch videos and try to cook the new recipes or my mom's recipe by myself so it change of diet wasn't that of a struggle to me just that it's the looking for the ingredients that's the hard part because you can't really get the asian like let's say um chili beans is it called chili beans or but basically the asian ingredient you can't really find them in local supermarkets so you have to go to an asian supermarket but there are plenty of them in chinatown so that's that's actually saved quite a struggle for me i think another suggestion that i will make is that since you are in a western country try to get used to their diet as well like try to like cook pasta or whatever because those are really cheap and those are really easy to cook and you save a lot of time compared to like asian food i that that's what i feel personally so yeah try to get used to the local food although like you might miss your asian food and as for the rice cooker part <laughs> i don't have a rice cooker at the moment so i'm trying to cook with mm. saucepan wow i'm sorry to my asian ancestors but it actually works so that's why i'm saying like try to get used to like the lifestyle here although like you miss your lifestyle back in your home country try to cook using a saucepan it helps oh additionally if you do want to buy a rice cooker don't buy it here it's so much more expensive to buy it here we're talking we're talking smart spending smart, smart spending okay <laughs> thank you for all your tips so i'm sure most of most you have been away for quite some time so like, how do you battle homesickness uh for me i think i kind of prepped myself beforehand uh, one thing I try to do is I try to bring part of my home with me. So um, this could be, for example, for me, I had a room. But if you don't have a room, you could just bring any like pictures or posters that you have lying around that make you feel more like you're at home. Whilst, like, so, so that you're in a new environment, but you still have parts of your home to just kind of remind you of the feeling of being at home with your family. Another thing is, well, call your family often if you can, or also make friends. So this is not only friends that are from where you're from, but also friends that are from other countries, like international students as well, or local students. Just make as many friends as you can, just so you know that, you know, you have a home here as well as back where you come from. And you don't feel that much alone because I think at the end of the day, everyone's on the same boat. Everyone's like away, either away from family or starting a new phase of their lives in university. And we're all just looking to make friends. So just don't hesitate to reach out because I'm sure everyone's on the same page as you. Yeah, um, I've been living in Singapore. I'm from Myanmar, but I was living in Singapore. So technically, that's already like away from home. So I was... Mm. Singapore actually felt like my second home, so yeah, I still felt like homesickness to a certain extent. And like what Lauren said, I brought like a toy that I always sleep with, <laughs> with me, like two of them. So so that when I first move in on my first night, it doesn't feel like a completely new environment because I have my toys with me to sleep. 
So yeah, it brings like a photo album. I brought my photo album as well. So bring those things that um you see on a daily basis or something, cause that really helps. Um and call your parents. I I always talk to my parents and my siblings every weekend. So that's that that has been my routine since I was in Singapore. So there wasn't like a big 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 difference. But like I also call my friends in Singapore. We watch movies that we download a software that you can actually see them. It's like a Zoom, but more like a game app thing. It's called House Party. So I download House Party and play with my friends. So I actually feel like they are with me. Like it, it, it didn't feel like I, I left Singapore at all. So yeah, do talk to your old friends. But again, like what Lauren said, like make new friends here as well. Make friends with international students or home students. That really help a lot. Yeah. So do you guys like? Celebrate festivals or any sort of celebrations to make yourself feel more at home here. Oh yeah, like um, one of the main ones is Spring Festival. Um, so Chinese New Year, basically. I lived for with my cousin for a bit during this year's Chinese New Year, and we just quarantined together. And then since we were quarantining together anyway, we thought, oh, let's have Chinese New Year celebrations. So then we cooked together, and then we watched like. Chinese New Year programs, and it was. It felt like I was at home because I was. I'm lucky enough to have family here, so just me and my cousin just chilling and spending Chinese New Year together. It's been a while since he's had Chinese, spent Chinese New Year with family as well, so it was really great. Um, but in terms of like other friends, for example, my older friends last Chinese New Year, so pre-COVID, uh, they would gather together at someone's house and then have hot pot together. And then play Chinese New Year music, and it gets really festive because it simulates the same kind of idea as like when you're back at home, and then、uh, you have family gathered at your house, and you're all celebrating together. So in a way, your friends here form become your family, and I I think that also ties back to homesickness. I'm、um, just battling homesickness because you have friends to go through all these、um, things that you go through with your family. When you first came to the UK for your first year, or like when you first, you know, joined university and started making friends, did you have any preference when it came to making friends? Like, you know, finding more comfort in people who were from ASEAN, or you know, people born and brought up in the UK but from ASEAN, so like you have more things to relate with them. Um, I think when it comes to me with making friends, um, I see, I don't really see origin or like where I'm from as a mere factor. I think. When I look for friends, I would also look into like upbringing, values, interests as well. You know, with people from the same country that I'm from,、um, of course, it, they would usually have the same interests, same upbringing, and same values. But that's not always necessarily the case. So for me, I don't really prioritize any like group or any type of person. I just look for someone that I can really get along with and whose values align with mine. Yeah,、um, I agree with Lauren on that. Where the friends come from, like the origin of their country or their nationality, doesn't really matter to me when I'm like looking for friends or making new friends. It's more about vibes, like whether I can click with them or not. So yeah, although I don't, I don't have much Asian friends here. It it it's not a big thing to me. Like yeah, it's it's more about. Whether you can click with them, whether they share the same values as you, whether they motivate you, whether they are good influence to you, I think those matter more to me than their country of origin. Okay, so you you may have like a perception of London or what UK is like before coming, but when you came here, was there anything that surprised you? Like any stories that has happened? 
Exactly. Yes, definitely. Um, I think one of the things. Oh my gosh, I was dreading this so much. But before I came to London, I was always told, "Oh, London doesn't have good Chinese food. There's no bubble tea. You better enjoy it while you can, and all that." And food is a big part of my life. Anyone like who hangs out with me or sees my Instagram, they will know that you know food is a big part of my life. And so. When I heard that, I was heartbroken. But after coming here, I realized Chinatown is really developed. And even if the food doesn't really sit with you, there are still so many supermarket Chinese supermarkets that you could go to to learn how to cook food yourself. I even found pandan leaves the other day in a Chinese supermarket, which is really hard to find. I would say I was really intrigued by that. And the bubble tea is actually pretty good as well. So I think that's one of the things like. Before coming to the UK, I was thought, "Oh no, here's to bland food, bad food, this and that." But honestly, I feel like I feel like, like people not studying here are not giving the UK's food enough credit. <laughs> For me, my take on this is quite different. What surprised me was that London, beyond central London, there isn't. It it doesn't feel like London at all because when I came here, I was living with my family friends, and it's. Quite far away from central London, and the platforms—they are broken and they are rubbish and like grass, overgrown grass. And when I saw that, I was very shocked because I mean, in Myanmar, yes, there are these things like that, but in Singapore, I mean, again, I cannot compare it with Singapore because Singapore is like a fifty-six or sorry, I might get it wrong, but over fifty years old country, so it's very new. But again, at least I expect London to be not. I expect I thought. London would be something similar to that, but when I saw like broken platform or rubbish on the street, that was very new to me. That that was like something that's major different from what I thought it would be. Yeah, so that was the big difference that I felt. <laughs> Thank you, Poo and Lauren, for sharing with us your experiences and your tips so far. And this is the end of the first part of the Navigating Student Life podcast. Now, for all of the listeners. Stay tuned for part two, which will continue on with tips such as what it's like to work part time in the UK, their best advice for accommodation and navigating around London. So stay tuned for that podcast, and we'll see you real soon.